Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. Now, this is an eye-opener for me because I never really saw this. I, I, it's perfect. This is exactly what Strong says. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. What does the word faith mean? I just look at the word faith right here, and it says, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. Especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. What this is saying is I resist the enemy by constantly relying on Jesus for my salvation. But now I'm dirty. But now I question my brother or my sister or something about me. I rely on my salvation. But in Jesus Christ, I'm set free. But in Jesus Christ, I'm cleansed. And my salvation is in Jesus Christ. That's how we fight this fight. How many of you think, see, the enemy tries to come back to you like this and he'll say like, well, you already have salvation. You are a Christian. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't feel like this. You shouldn't be dealing with these issues. Yeah? I go back to the salvation. I go back to that fountain. I say, oh, Lord Jesus, I still am washed by the blood. It is still the blood that cleanses from sin. It is still the blood, and it's the blood applied on my life. I receive it. I have salvation in Christ. I will not yield to the way my feelings would want to draw me right now. But I will stand with my palms raised. And I will stand because of what Jesus is as my salvation. I go back and continue to be restored at that fountain of salvation. That's how we fight the good fight. But what he tries to do is make you doubt all that. How many people have I heard tell me that, but I'm a Christian and why in the world am I having problem with this. I should not have problem with it. That's, that is, that's Satan whispering right into your ear, and you're eating it up. See, the Bible says in this world there will be tribulation. I'll show you in a little bit another verse where the Bible talks about these trials that we go through. Especially, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation, knowing that the same afflictions pain and hardship is interpreted pain and hardship knowing that the same pain and hardship are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world no one thing what's happening to you is nothing unusual it's happening to the others the brothers that are in the world you say it's happening in the world no the brethren that is in the world Don't think you have an isolated issue. Don't think that you have an isolated problem. This same fight, this same issue is always, is also accomplished in the other brethren that are in the world. One of the things that the enemy wants to do is isolate you. I'm studying on a message, crept in unawares. One of the things that I see about a crept in unaware is when a person can sit inside a church Sunday after Sunday and you never know about his problems. He's a crept in unaware of his problems. He is there. You're not aware. 
He doesn't open his mouth when he goes through hardship, when he goes through hard times. His everything is always cool with him. I crept in unaware. Somehow he got in. Somehow we think that when we come to church, we have to put our best on. We have to look like we've been victorious all week long and nothing, just only Jesus, holy, hallelujah, and all this has to shine forth. We have to put on our best. When you're in the presence of the preacher, you have to put on your best that he is impressed with you. No, as a crept in unaware will do that. The preacher needs to know when you go through struggles. That's why he is a pastor. That's why he's a shepherd. To help you, to hold your hand, to give you encouragement through these times. He needs to be aware of things in your life if you have them. A crept in unaware is just the other way. Somebody you never hear about. A person that would, I'd be ashamed to tell you what I struggle with. No, 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 no. That's a crept in unaware that is ashamed of that. That's what pastors are for. That's what ministry is for. That's what brothers and sisters are for. An open fellowship with each other, that we walk together and we love each other and we bear each other's burdens and and so forth. But when the enemy tries to afflict you and come against you with his voice, he will try to isolate you and make you feel you're the only one that has ever had this issue, only one that has ever had this problem. I had a man of God tell me this. I would tell you his name, but I, I, I would be wise not to say this, um, who it was. But there was truly a man of God, there's no question. He said, for many years, I looked at myself. This is a preacher that preached around the world. He said like this, for many years, I looked at myself as being a sex um, maniac. And I, I, I was quite young when he said that, and I just, I looked at him and I said, oh, wow. And he said, yes, as late as five years ago. And he was much older than I am. Isolated problems, issues you have in your own life, problems with anger. You get mad, you get upset, you don't hold it in. We need to let it out, let somebody know it. Take a brother to the side and say, you know, brothers, I have a problem or sister, I have an issue with something. Can you pray for me? But you, you see, the enemy, when he gets you, he tries to make you feel isolated. He wants to insulate around you so that you won't get help. See, some of these things we get help in from our brothers and sisters. Even them knowing that I have a struggle or them knowing that I have a problem or that I'm facing issues. Sometimes the victory is just in letting somebody else know. But the enemy tries to isolate you, to insulate you. Make sure that you become a touch-me-not, and you're out in your own world. You stop communicating with your wife or your husband, and you live your own little battlefield in the places where you are. Let me tell you, you've been stung by Satan himself. And you've been wounded by him, and you've been hurt by him. And you're trying to fight it, not by faith. You're trying just to live an ordinary life and somehow get your mind to think a little better things, but you're losing a battle. Sometimes it can be a brother or a sister speaking a discouraging word to your heart, and it just puts you right down. And if you go back and you look at where your problem started, you can kind of put it on that moment. 
When that happened, that's when I went down. Sometimes when it's an incident that you expect someone to respond and they don't respond, you get discouraged. The enemy tries like everything. He walks about. He's looking. He walks about. He observes from distance, from close up. He's looking where he can stumble you. He's looking at your personality. He's looking at your weaknesses. Where is your strength at? No point in touching that, but let's get to the weaknesses. Let's get to the person that has a lot of problems with anger or with a lot of problems with lust. And let's try to sting something in his way. If he has a lot of lust problems, let's make a comment about his looks or her looks. And that will spiral that person down. That's how he does it. He'll do it through, in some of the most obnoxious ways, trying to defeat you and keep you down. And so much of the church people, they go on and they fight the fight, not knowing because it was such a dear brother or sister that made that statement, I would never take it as being from the enemy, so I take it as being from God. But Jesus didn't when Peter spoke to him. He said, Peter, he said, I rebuke you, Peter, and I rebuke the Satan that spoke through you as well. What you, my dear friend Peter, were talking, you were talking Satan's words. Let's look at some more things. I think I need to finish, finish this verse yet. Knowing that the same afflictions or pain and hardship are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 32, And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Now, without going into the context, this is basically what happened. Peter simply told Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross. Come on, Jesus. Now, he put him, took him a little privately, according to one of the, the Gospels, and he spoke to him and he said, now wait a minute, Jesus. Now, now come on. You are Jesus, if he, if he said that. I don't know. But you're, I think you're getting a little sidetracked here. You're saying there's some things that you'll go through, and I don't think it's necessary. All right? Then it says in verse 33, But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for thou savoreth not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Jesus rebuked Peter to still the voice of Satan. Now, we need to look at that one. Let me tell you that I have learned in my life <coughs> Excuse me. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear it carefully. There are some people that are known to always be critical. Yeah? Always critical. Those are people that Satan uses to accuse. And I've had this, these voices talk to me through a critical... Just as something, something, a small little criticism in form of a burden. And I listened to it, and I listened to it for a week, and it just wants to take me down and down. The next thing I know, my whole world looks gloomy. I just feel like throwing up my hands. I can never do everything right. I can never be good enough. I always make the wrong decisions. And I watch when I hear someone that always criticizes, 
I look at a person that is used often in the hands of Satan. He might be a Christian. He might be born again. He's not a man that is out there dressed in a dark hood. No. He's not a woman that is a harlot or that is a Jezebel. Someone with a critical spirit. Someone that is quick to criticize. Somebody, somebody that can always find fault with everything. At least something in it. This was all good, but. That was really nice, but. This was, but. There's a personal impro a, a, approval that is required before that person can bless. That's a dangerous situation. I've walked around several people in my life, uh, especially in the past, that were so much that way, that I almost feared in a telephone conversation or when they opened their mouth because I knew it's going to get me again. It just knew that somewhere in the line of our conversation, there's going to be a, just a, like a lash of a tongue. Choo! Not against me, but maybe a decision I made or not made. And I watched those. And I will tell you, you in your own personal life have people like that around you. It could be your best friend. It could be somebody about third down from your best friend. Satan will try everything to find a Peter in your life. He will look for a Peter, which is a godly man, a man that loves God, that walked close with Jesus, and he's looking for somebody just like a godly, godly Peter to speak a word from Satan to your soul. What did Jesus do? Did he say, Peter, you are not qualified anymore in my life. You go away. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.